Welcome back uh, to our study through the book of Luke here at First Baptist Keller. My name is Gregory Baines, and I'm glad to be with you these next two weeks. I'm on staff here. Um, Today we're going to look at the account of Jesus calling Andrew, Simon, who's also known as Peter, James, John, um, and the account of Jesus calling Levi, who's also called Matthew. Um, So go ahead, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. In the middle of these two accounts of the of the four and then of uh, Levi, there are two accounts of Jesus healing, um, one a, a paralytic and the other a leper. Um, we're going to skip those accounts today, but don't worry, we'll look at them next week and talk through how these um, these two weeks are going to tie together and all of that. Um, but first, um, before we get into the word in Luke chapter five, let's pray and ask God to bless our time together in His Word. Father, thank you for your word that you've given to us to reveal who you are and what is true. Um, I thank you, God, that you have given us your spirit um, for the believer who lives in us and and, um, helps us to understand your word and reminds us of the truth. And I pray this morning, God, that you would um, open our eyes uh, to see who you are and who we are and um, how we can obey and follow you in a great way. Help us to be doers of this word we hear today and not just hearers. Bless our time together. Help to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now take your Bible and open it, if you haven't already, to Luke chapter 5. We're going to read verses 4 through 11 and talk about them. Then we'll read 27 through 32 and talk about them and then have some application. So Luke chapter 5, verse 4. When he had finished speaking, Jesus He said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now we're going to look at at this calling of these four, Andrew, Simon, who's also called Peter, um, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee. And the first thing we see here in verse 4 is that Jesus gives a command to Simon, uh, put out into the deep water, let down your nets for a catch. Um, Simon then recognizes Jesus' authority. This is a very cool thing. Simon answered and, and said, Master. He calls him Master. Um, and he gives a, a little bit of a, of a caveat, which I think we do often. Um, we've worked hard all night, but it doesn't really make sense to me. But because you said, Lord, I will obey, I'll put the, put the nets out here. Um, I think that happens often in in God's economy as we see when he calls us to something uh, a lot of times it doesn't make sense to us um, but it doesn't have to we're just called to obey and let God handle the results and and boy does he here with Peter um, he does a great miracle Jesus does uh, where 
huge quantities of fish just fill both boats so that they start to sink, um, which is only something that God can do. Once again, we see Jesus's deity in the Gospels. Um, and then Simon responds to this great miracle that Jesus has just performed. What does he do? Look at verse 8. He, he falls down at Jesus' feet saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Um, his response here is, is right. When sinful man is confronted with a perfect and holy God, he becomes very aware of his own sinfulness. And this, um, as I was reading this, reminded me of Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah gets gets a peek into the, the throne room of heaven and sees the holiness of God and, and the glory of God, and um, he, he is undone. He falls down and um, woe is me is his response. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. I am a, I'm a sinner. Um, and and this, this is true. When we see God correctly, we also see and are aware of our sinfulness in comparison to him, um, which is why the word of God is so important in our lives um, to remember who God is and to see God rightly. Um, and when we do that, we are aware of, of our need of him um, and our unworthiness as we see his worthiness. Um, and this is where Jesus gives just a super comforting word, um, which is something we need as well when we're confronted with our sinfulness. He says, do not fear. Um, this must have been a huge sigh of relief to Simon as, as God has just performed a miracle in front of him and, and, and he says, get away from me, Lord. I, I can't be near you. Um, I am sinful. Jesus says, don't be afraid, Simon. Um, from now on, you will be catching men. He gives him a greater command and a greater task um, with great eternal value um, than fishing. Um, then we see in verse 11, the response by the disciples. What did they do? They leave everything and follow Jesus. Now, everything includes their livelihood, their property, their families, their security, but not really their security, um, earthly security. There is um, no more secure place than to be right in the center of the will of God. Um, that doesn't mean it's it's safe physically, um, but, but that is where we need to be in the disciples. I got this right. They, they left everything and followed Jesus um, to become fishers of men or to, to catch men um, here. Now, what does that phrase mean? Um, I'm not sure if the disciples fully understood it as Jesus was calling them, um, but it, it is the gospel net, if you will, um, spread out to catch men um, who are captured then by the gospel and changed and in their own right begin catching men. Um, this, is the, this is the call of the disciple um, to share the good news, to spread the gospel, and, and, it's, and it's our call as well. Um, and this is our, our number one priority. Whatever we do for a living, wherever we are, we are to be on this mission to be fishers of men, to be sharing, to be loving, um, and to call people to follow the Savior just as we have been called to follow Him. Now, um, let's look at the account of Matthew or Levi um, being called by Jesus. It's a little different. Um, so let's look at verse 27. Um, if you need to flip the page, go ahead. Um, I will in just a minute, but um, we're going to read Luke 5, 27 through 32. 
After that, Jesus, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. And Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now flip back, look at um, verse 27 here. After that, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi. Jesus um, saw Levi and looked at him and called him and said to follow him. Um, How does Levi respond? He leaves everything, he gets up, and he follows Jesus. Now, as I was preparing for this lesson and studying, I, I saw Levi and Matthew, and I tried to figure out what is the the deal with these two names because um, Luke and Mark call it in their account of Matthew being called, call him Levi. Um, but Matthew himself refers to, to his name Matthew. And there's a few different thoughts on this um, as I was reading and, and trying to figure out, is it Levi? Is it Matthew? What is the significance of these two names given in the scripture? Um, but but what I, I think is, is right and, and what I'm going to hold to here is that um, after Jesus called him, he was known as Matthew. Um, and so Luke and, and Mark, in an, in an effort to um, protect Matthew's refu- reputation amongst um, the believers, um, wrote Levi here, which is what he was known as. And, and it could be a Greek or Hebrew um, thing um, that's going on here with, with kind of two names. Um, but... Matthew um, calls himself Matthew, and, and this is a, a humble thing to, to remind and, and to share. Hey, I was a tax collector. I was a, a wicked, sinful tax collector, um, and Jesus has saved me in, in Matthew's own account. So um, whatever the, the Matthew-Levi thing is, it, this is a, a great time to be reminded um, that, that we are like Matthew here. Um, tax collectors were um, the scum to the to the Jewish people. They were um, worked for the Roman government that, who was occupying their land and ruling over them, um, and they they were oppressed by. Um, but they would collect money for the Roman government, so they were traitors to their own people, and um, oftentimes they were dishonest in what they collected. They would take um, more than was required and keep some for themselves and. And were were liars and cheats, and that's what these tax collectors were known for. And and Jesus looks at one, um, and says, "Follow me." Now, if we were um, building our um, group of of core followers and trying to um, start a ministry, I don't think our our first um, place to look would be. Uh, the cheats that live down the road. Um, no, we would would go and try and find the ones who know the scripture, the ones um, who are um, educated and uh, rich and can support the ministry and all these things. Um, and from a human perspective, that seems right. But um, 
God doesn't work that way. Uh, he is not in need of the finances of, of the rich or the knowledge of the Pharisees here, as we see. Um, it, it would seem that they would be the ones Jesus would go to to call, not fishermen and tax collectors. But God's economy is different. Um, it's been said that, that God uh, doesn't use the best tool for the job, the one closest to his hand. Um, and I think that that's something important for us to remember is that you don't have to be um, the most talented, the most gifted um, to be used by God. You just need to be willing and he'll use you. And that's the, the test here. Jesus says, follow me. And, and both um, all the four disciples and, and Matthew, their response is um, to get up and leave everything and follow Jesus. And then Matthew, um, Matthew's joy is given here, and we see um, his response to Jesus' call, that Jesus would call a um, wicked tax collector like himself to follow him. Matthew throws a big party, basically. Um, look here in verse 29. And Levi gave a big reception for Jesus in his house, and there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table. He's so excited. He invites all the people he knows and says, hey, come here. Um, Jesus is here. We're going to have a party. Um, this is an appropriate response um, by Matthew for sure and, and a reminder that, that um, the people of God should be the happiest people in the world. We've been redeemed um, eternally. We are secure. We are um, given God's word and his spirit, um, and we are called children adopted uh, by God. And, and finally, what we were created for, our purpose is being fulfilled and that we are, we are able to, to know and worship God. Um, this is, is something that um, should bring us great joy and cause us to want to bring others with us. Hey, go get your friends. Tell them about Jesus. Um, this is a, a very, very cool and um, relatable thing, I think, for us as believers to remember the joy when, when Jesus called us. Um, so be reminded of that. Now, the Pharisees um, are very uncomfortable and upset by all these these sinners and tax collectors um, being around Jesus, who is uh, obviously a powerful man of God, um, that they don't understand that he is God himself, but but they're aware that that he is a great teacher and speaks with authority, and they are very um, confused and uncomfortable with um, this idea that he is eating with with sinners and tax collectors, and so they. Um, don't go to Jesus. They start grumbling at his followers, his disciples, at Peter and Andrew and James and John, and, and they say, why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners? Um, now, um, this reminds me, I, I, I talked with a pastor a few weeks ago um, about a church that he had been at, um, been shepherding as a pastor, trying to revitalize. It was a church that was um, built in a a time where when the area was very very middle class very blue collar um but the area their church building is in um is is kind of run down now and impoverished and, and lower class but the people who come are, are not that way and and um they will refuse um certain types of people um based on things that that are um physical in nature and 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 not um spiritual at all and refuse um to open their doors to these people that live around their church building. And um, the church is, is dying um, because they will not um, 
eat with tax collectors and sinners, basically. Um, they refuse to, to associate with those types of people. And um, that just breaks your heart as, as you, you hear those stories. But I think often um, that's something that we may struggle with as well. Um, we can be uh, very pharisaical, if, especially if you've been in um, in church for a long time and are very familiar with the things of God. Um, sometimes we can lose. Sometimes we can lose um, track of, of um, the heart of Christ here, um, which Jesus came um, to to eat with sinners and tax collectors, but um, not just to to hang out with them. Let's look here in verse thirty one. Jesus answered and said to the Pharisees, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, um, is Jesus saying, You Pharisees are all righteous and you don't need salvation? No. Uh, Jesus is saying is that he will um, come for, for the humble. <laughs> those who are aware of their sinfulness um, can repent and respond and, and follow Jesus. Um, but those who are, are too proud and... and have no need of the Savior. Um, Jesus didn't come for them. That's where the Pharisees landed. Um, so praise God for, for this response here by Jesus. Um, he's concerned more with the eternal than the, than the physical here. Um, he cares about their, their souls, not about their occupation. Um, the Pharisees are so focused on washing their hands, they miss the opportunity to love and care for those who God loves and cares for. Now, we've talked about the four that were called to follow Jesus and talked about Levi, um, but the question really is, what was the call that Jesus gave uh, to them? Um, Jesus called these five disciples to a few things. We see he calls them to leave everything, um, he calls them to, to follow, which means to go where he goes, to do what he does, and, and to learn from the master. Um, a great thing, too, we see in this passage, and something that is a good reminder for us to remember, is that Jesus calls them from working in temporal ways to work for eternal things. Um, Matthew is to leave his wicked tax-collecting ways behind and now um, follow Jesus and seek to collect souls for the kingdom. And the um, fishermen are to leave behind their nets and boats and instead catch um, men uh, for the kingdom now. Um, I'm reminded of, of Jesus' parable where um, he said the, the kingdom of God is like a treasure in a field um, where once you discover the treasure, you're going to sell everything you have and buy that field. Um, and that is what the call is here for these disciples, to work for eternal things, to leave behind um, what they've what they have, and, and to go where Jesus goes and do what Jesus does. It's a call um, to full surrender and obedience to the Master. And, and that's our first application for us today. Jesus called his disciples to a complete surrender and is calling us to do the same. So the question is, what are you holding on to? What are you refusing to surrender and give up to the Lord? Whether it's sin or good things or um, some sense of earthly security, what is keeping you from obeying? Um, this is a very, very convicting application um, in my life, and um, I pray for grace to obey and, and, and give the Lord all of me because that's what He deserves and that's what, what He asks of His followers. And that's our first point, um, surrender fully, just like Jesus called the disciples to. And our second um, point here, we see 
that Jesus values the eternal and and rightly so. We should view these things the same way that eternal is greater than temporal or temporary. Um, Just as Jesus called his disciples to value and work for eternal things, he is calling us to do the same. So um, take time and and get along with the Lord and and pray and say, Lord, do I value eternal things, the things that you value, or or do I value earthly things? Um, Ask God. He'll, He'll reveal that to you for sure. And then our third point of application, are you a tax collector or a Pharisee? I think real, really quickly we can um, put ourselves in the, the feet of the disciples or of Jesus, and sometimes we are um, more like the Pharisees than we want to admit. But let's remember um, James 4, 6, that, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And um, let's remember what we really are as we are confronted with who God is in His Word. Um, we are sinners. We are tax collectors. Let us not become proud and puffed up like the Pharisees, but remember that. Um, so that's our third point. Are you a tax collector or Pharisee? Think about yourself rightly in view of who God is. And then four, Jesus came for the sick and has called us to do the same. Um, so this last question, what tax collectors and sinners have you eaten with lately? Not to say that you're best friends um, and, and people who are investing in your life and shaping your um, theology and philosophy should should be lost people. Um, but there should be lost people in your life who you are loving and sharing the gospel with. And um, I was convicted this week, just to, to be honest and real, um, one of my neighbors drinks a lot and smokes, and I have, um, I guess, been... Um, standoffish with him been been friendly but not um not intentional to to love and, and and care for him and um and god has convicted me that it's it's because i i feel like he is um i'm dirty and and I, that is so wrong um so i'm working through that with the lord and i pray you will work through those things as well this week um as you reflect on God's word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you are kind and gracious to us, um, to call us to a deeper walk with you, to call us um, to be more like Jesus and follow. And I pray, God, that you would help us um, to to love the tax collectors and the sinners, to remember that, that that's what we are and that we are now redeemed, but, but, but that's where you um, called us from. God, to focus on those eternal things instead of focusing so much on what is going to burn. Lord, would you would you help us to have a right priority and a right view and, and to value the things you value and love the things you love? And, and then, God, would you have all of us um, as, a, as a church, that is our prayer, Lord, that you would um, help us to surrender fully to you, God, and, and would you revive our hearts and call us um, to that that deep walk with you, God, and, and we want to be used by you to build your kingdom. So I pray that you would um, work in us and through us for your glory in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.